This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The conversations are of a general nature and do not qualify as financial or tax advice. We recommend before you make any financial decisions, you consult a licensed professional. Individuals on the podcast may hold positions in the companies discussed. Welcome to episode 55 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm here with Nick and Marty. Boys, how are we going today? I'm going well, Jason. I'm a little bit shocked. The uh, Bunnings hot dog up to $3.50 from $2.50. Um, you know, I can handle lettuce at 9 bucks, but uh, <laughs> hot dogs, they got to learn from Costco in the US. $2.50 since 1985. They just got it right. But apart from that, mate, I'm great. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm well, fit and healthy, one of the few, because we have a lot of people down and out at the moment, COVID, uh, the flu, whether or not they're just upset about the whole hot dog situation. Um, Marty, I was actually talking to this about this to someone the other day. Do you think the Costco hot dogs have shrunk in the last 30, 40 years? Well, they, they're saying that they are trying to keep a minimum standard on them because of the fact that it's a lost leader. That's their that's their claim to fame. They just want members to shop there. So I'd be very disappointed if they've shrunk, but I have to get back to you on the sizing. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. I'm, uh, guys, I'm going to jump in here. Just We've called it a hot dog. It's a snag. Surely it's a budding snag. It's the sausage and bread. Do we really refer to them as hot dogs? Did we go full American for a minute or what's the go there, Marty? That's a good point. I completely missed that. From, what are you I'm doing? From the 80s. I, I'm, what do you call them? Sausage and bread. Snag. Snag. Sausage and bread. Definitely not a hot dog. A sausage. A sausage sizzle. Sausage sizzle. I, I don't go to Bunnings a for a hot sizzle. dog though. I'm. I'm. I'm going to defend that to the last minute of this episode. If we, if that's My all we talk about, then let's clear this up, Marty Vidikovic. If you went to Bunnings on Sunday, and you came in Monday, what would you tell us you bought from Bunnings? I would have said I would have got a hot dog like I used to do at the nightclubs <laughs> no, back in the late 80s. <laughs> I go grab a hot dog on the way out. That's no. Hang on. Is it in a bun or in bread? Well, it's <laughs> bread, bread, but... Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Look, I, wow. I don't want this controversy to just uh, you know, take us off focus, boys, but... Uh, it's not controversial. It's fact. and You're incorrect. Mm. It's a sausage sizzle or a sausage in bread. Yep. Or a snag, and not hot to be dog. confused with the sensitive new age guy. It's a snag. Look, I'm going to have Boys. to get back to you. I'm going to talk to a few of my mates <laughs> on this because this is we, we might we might have really got it wrong for the last thirty years. Oh, we're we're going to run a numbers games poll. We haven't run a poll for a while. Do you call a sausage and bread a sausage and bread, or do you refer to it as a hot dog? We'll get a poll going live. But uh, look to get us back on track, guys. Short, sharp, punchy episodes. We've got the new format going. Uh, today, Marty, what are we talking about? Bring us back on speed. Uh, well, we're going to talk about buying the fear. Like we know, there's a lot of negativity in the market, but could this be a great time to buy? Could there be opportunities in the market we're not focusing on because of all the mainstream media? So we're going to dig into that a little bit more. Uh, Nick, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, look, I really, I really love the topic because it's something that we are dealing with at the moment. We've even got some young people in our business looking to buy. So you know, the the information that we're going to share today is information that uh, we are hearing, talking to people on the ground, working in 
uh, industries such as real estate and mortgages and also our clients, our, our clients that are out there trying to buy and uh, what the landscape looks like at the moment. Boys, well, I look forward to unpacking with you around buying the fear. Is it the time to buy and uh, what is happening in our perspective and the clients that we're dealing with when it comes to property prices? What are we seeing live in the market right now? And then, yeah, where are the opportunities if there are any? I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Well, grab your hot dogs and let's play. Bringing you the one percenters today is Walker Digital. Uh, obviously, our social media gets a bit of a helping hand from the team at Walker Digital. So if you need any help with your social media, that is the place to go. WLKR.digital is the website. It's different. It's a bit funky. And uh, check it out and reach out to the team if you're running a business and you need a hand. So... Nick, I'm going to get started and throw to you. Um, you said some interesting facts to me when we we're planning the show notes for this. And uh, look, I'm just really excited to, to talk about this because uh, myself and Case, we're, we're in the market. We are looking to buy at some point soon. Um, I unfortunately looked at a graph of property prices uh, when we first started looking to buy a home. It was July 2019. And this the graph at July 19 was like rock bottom for house price index at the point of time at that particular cycle. Uh, we went and looked at a few properties um, and then went, oh, no, we can't just buy the first property we look at. So we kind of kept on looking. And by December 19, the properties we were looking at that we could have easily afforded early six months earlier were just selling way outside of our price range. And it was a difference that six months had made. Um, this is a pre-COVID world. We were about to get married and Kay said, no, nope, I don't want the pressure of buying a house while we're about to do a wedding and a honeymoon. Let's put the queue in the rack and uh, we'll, we'll go back on the job market after we get married. Now, obviously, COVID happened and it's been over two years and we're finally married. We've had our honeymoon and, you know, we're back in the market after the prices have jumped 30%. Um, and now here we are we're in a world of inflation and uh, interest rates rising. So, Nick, over to you in a sense of what what are you hearing? What do we need to know when it comes to buying a property in this market where it's full of fear and, and yeah, the world is just a very different place to what it was a few years ago? Yeah, it is, mate. And the problem at the moment is it's very difficult to make a decision when there is so much fear around. And that makes total sense. All you're hearing is negativity about the property market. The property market could go down 20 to 30%. We're in a housing bubble. And it's a brave person that makes a decision to jump into that market when all they're hearing is that information. So <clears throat> I guess the first thing to unpack is, well, number one, what is happening in the market? And then number two, what we're going to discuss a little bit about today is, is it the time to get in? And my general answer to that is it's always time to get in if it's the right decision for you and if you buy the right product for you. So one of the things that we're seeing at the moment is people are, are, are a little bit timid to jump in because they don't know where this current uh, interest rate uh, or, or um, series of interest rate increases is going to end. So at the moment, we've got you know half a percent after half a percent after half a percent increase. The problem at the moment is as the, the interest rates continue to increase, people are assuming the property market will continue to come down. So I think once once people are comfortable that the interest rates have got to their absolute peak, then they will start to jump in again because they will think, well, the prices will have um, dropped by as much as possible. And from there, it should be only up. And then we also know what our end position is going to be. We know the interest rates are stopping here. So we know that we can afford that. So let's get in. But the question to bring up this week is, is it the right time to buy at the moment? And the, the, the reality is at the moment is there's not much competition out there as far as buyers go. 
You compare that to, to six months ago to 12 months ago when people have just been outbidded, outbidded, outbidded at, prop, at property auctions. Now you can go to an auction and depending on where it is in, the, in uh, and I'm talking about Metro Melbourne at the moment, but depending where it is in Melbourne, you'll find that people generally won't put their hand up and it'll get passed in and it'll probably get sold during the week. So you can actually get deals done now and negotiate. So the things to think about now are, Number one, there's less buyers out there. So this could be your opportunity to get into the market and get a deal versus wait to the interest rate uh, rises peak and then everyone jumps back in the market. So then all of a sudden you've got 10 to 12 people that are interested in a property again. That's the first thing to think about. So do you pull the trigger now while the competition's not there? You may, you may pay a little bit more than you could have paid in six months' time, but is that really an issue over 20 years? That's the first thing to think about. The second thing to think about is what type of property to buy and where the deals are happening. And at the moment, the deals are happening on properties that are unrenovated. People do not want to embark on a renovation. You've got cost of materials, you've got cost of labor, you've got access to labor. There's, there's a fair chance that you've, if you buy a house that's unrenovated, you will not be able to, to organize a renovation easily within the next two to three years. So people don't want that property. People want the properties that are finished, that they can move into, ready to go, that look nice. So if you're in a position where you can either rent it out as it is or, or live in it or do some works yourself maybe um, short term to make it comfortable for two or three years, you're probably going to get a deal on an unrenovated property at the moment and one that, or one that needs some, some kind of work. And the third thing to think about is particular areas. And speaking to the real estate agents that we deal with, the the areas that were way too hot, they're really struggling at the moment. So, you know, in and around the north, um, areas that you looked at those prices and went, geez, that doesn't make much sense. How did it get that? Those areas have seen 10% drop already talking to the agents that we're talking to. Whereas if you look in the east, there's not a lot of stock on the market still and the east seems to be holding up quite well. So understand the different areas and where you can get into a market that uh, was, was cheaper than it was six months ago. And, and, and just, to, um, just to reiterate that, from what we're hearing in particular pockets, the 10% drop has happened. It just is not hasn't been reported, but you speak to real estate agents and it's definitely happened. So, yeah, I went on quite a bit of information there, but that's what we're going to unpack this week and try and determine if it is the right time to buy. Marty, what do you think? Well, you bring up some magnificent points, and I think what people are missing at the moment is affordability uh, is changing. And what you said about competition is a big thing because I look at on a 750-gram mortgage, and this is why there's uncertainty. You know, six months ago... You know, you're probably paying 2.1% on something like that. So you're looking at 2,810 per month. Now you're up at around 3.35% uh, on a variable rate on a 30-year term. You're looking at 3,305 per month. Now in the next five months, that rate could be jumping by another 1.5%, taking that to 3,958 uh, per month. So if you're looking in real terms, from 12 months ago, uh, you, on the borrowings of 750, you're basically paying an extra 1,148 per month, which is about 13,776 per annum. Now, why I bring that up and why I link this to what Nick was talking about in competition, if you've got two people out there, let's say on $85,000 average, you know, average income, one kid, 
credit card limit of $8,000. Uh, you're looking at 12 months ago at that 2, 2.10% mark, they'd be able to borrow $1,135,000. You know, so that's a purchase price of one24 that they could buy for. And now currently that same couple at 3.35%, could borrow a maximum of 990000 and a purchase price of $1.1. And effectively, in the next six months, at 4.85, they'd be able to borrow 850000 and that's a purchase price of 970000 So why I bring up those numbers is your competition is falling away on affordability at those mid-range levels which drive the market. So the good money, and there's plenty of people that earn more than 85000 are actually starting to get back into the market and look for quality assets. They're buying the fear and they're getting themselves into a position to buy the fear, which I think is, is really smart because like Nick said, there's, there's less competition in the market. And you think about it, Canada has just, because of inflation, increased interest rates by 1%. You know, so there's now talk we could be going up by 0.75% um, next month in August. You know, 0.5 at least, maybe another 0.75 based on around about 6% plus on inflation. So, so straight away, what does that do to the market? Everyone goes into a panic. People don't list as much because they're thinking they're not going to get as much uh, you know, value for their property. You know, property prices, there's pressure now on affordability. But you've got quality, you've got people now honing in on buying quality assets with less competition. This is where people make their money. So I would be thinking the next six months could be a window because the Fed will overcook it, guaranteed. They'll overcook it to get inflation back into control. They'll go too far the other way and then rates will probably start coming down again probably mid-next year if, if history tells us anything. So, so again, I think you've got this window of opportunity where, like Nick said, it's probably you know 10% has come off in certain areas. Maybe that is 10 to 20% ultimately with what's going on. But still, wages are going up. Mm. So you've still got enough buoyancy in the market where people are getting paid good wages and they'll protect their asset as a home, as, as the first point of call, no matter what. So it's a really interesting time. And I think in the next six months, personally, I feel like based on those numbers would be a good opportunity to start looking and get prepped to take advantage of what's going to happen. And like Nick said again, ultimately rates will, you know, do what they've always done. They'll consolidate and we'll hit another rhythm and and it'll be okay again and in the next, you know, 10, 20 years you'll be happy you made that purchase. So look at your personal situation, judge the deal, don't listen to the noise, look at the deal in front of you, see what you can do, make sure you're in a strong position. Remember that lenders can borrow sometimes between you know 50 to 80 grand difference based on your income based on the lender's criteria so see a professional so you're ready to go and then you know strike when everyone else is running that's when you strike and get that next asset for yourself so yeah that's my thought process around it it's a really interesting one guys like as someone who's you know preparing to enter the market again after years of not being in the property market um the thought of every 0.5% rate rise is reducing borrowing capacity by what was that around a hundred thousand dollars for, for the average couple. So yeah, you know, around about just, that, yeah, about, about 40, about, yeah, that that's the impact of where we were at the start of the year 
to now, it's probably around about $145,000 difference in capacity. But that's with a rate rise of uh, 1.25%. And if we have another 1.5%, that 990 comes down to 850. So 140 grand difference. Which I mean, looking and being historical, and I know, you know, history isn't a, what's the term, Nick, you guys get all the time, like history isn't an example of future future performance. But I mean, looking at our country, it's 60, 70 years of consistent property growth. Now, if we do retract and, and rebalance and property prices adjust by 10, 20% after we've just gone up 30% in two years, you know, it's one of those things that you're going, if a property you're going to buy is about a million dollars and it drops 10 or 20%, sweet, okay, for now. But I mean, if you, as long as you're buying for a long-term hold, the family home, getting into the market, and it's not something you're trying to buy short-term to flip and make a profit, you know... I, now knowing that if I wait around for another year or two as as rates might go up, I can't actually buy the million dollar property if my capacity continues to drop by $100,000 per rate rise. So that's a really, really good message that you've shared there, guys, about uh, understanding your situation, understanding how the rate rises impact your ability to borrow, rather than just looking at how the rate rises are impacting the property prices if they're dropping slightly or, or staying steady. Um, it's important one to take into consideration. It's one that I hadn't thought of before. And, and another thing I want to add to that, if people do have a mortgage out there, like they're thinking about, you know, these increases and 30-year terms and, you know, mortgage in Latin means until death, right? And that's what it's become. You know, exit strategies now with lenders are up to 75. You know, going back when I purchased my first home when hot dogs were uh, all the rage <laughs> back in the... Uh, in the early days but it it's like we bought like for 160 grand but we were on incomes of 80,000 right at that time so you could actually have a family have kids live off one wage living expenses were a hell of a lot lower and your aim was to pay out that mortgage by the time you were 40 you know you wouldn't have longer than a 20 year term so people have just got in the habit of overextending. So I would say if people have mortgages like, and they've got surplus income, don't leave it sitting in a dormant savings account. Really focus on your surplus income in putting that into the redraw on the mortgage and paying that mortgage down. Like set yourself ahead because that's always going to be better than these interest rate increases where you can create equity and get rid of that debt as fast as you got into it and then set yourself up to invest in the future. But it's just become mainstream that now you get a 30-year term. There's even talk there could be a 40-year term. And I mean, people are just never getting that feeling of of getting ahead and then having an asset that they can invest upon um, and and having that debt paid out. So I think think people are going to come back to going, what's your goal? When do you want to pay your debt out? How do I have that surplus income that I have working for me because there's a lot of people out there with great incomes that really aren't making their money work for them. Um, So that's something I'd give the current mortgage holders. That's always going to be better than worrying about rate fluctuations. I'm glad you brought up the repayment piece, Marty, because it just made me start to think about, um, obviously, we've been doing this for a long time, this, this, this mortgage game, and just thinking about the mindset of our clients over the years. It is never about the price of a property. Not once. People never talk about 1.5 million is our limit. Why is it your limit? It's your limit because of what your affordability is. So what I can promise you is that homeowners do not get hung up on the price. Mm. 
Hmm. It's all about the affordability and what Correct. they have the ability to borrow. And we've expe- we've especially seen that in the last two years, where people, where because of the service serviceability, people have pushed themselves to two mil, two and a half instead of one and a half. It's got nothing to do with oh, we wouldn't pay two mil. It's we can afford it now, so that's that's exactly what we want to do. So that just really drives home what we're saying here. If at the moment you can get into a property and you know you can afford it, stress test the rates up to the five percent, maybe even go five and a half. If you can afford that, then get into the property and get the property that you want. Don't wait till, you know, fast forward two years and everyone can now afford that property again. And then you're back to square one. You're going to auction against four or five people. I'm really glad you brought up the the income and the and the mortgage piece because it just made me think it's never about the price. No. People don't talk about the price they paid. It's all it's all about well how much can we borrow? What's our limit, Mr. or Mrs. Broker? And that's how they work out what their price is in most cases. So why get hung up on the price at the moment? As long as you get into a good deal and you're not paying overs and the the properties at market value it's a good time to tick that box that you've been trying to tick for the last two years for a lot of people, some people three years. Now's the time to get it ticked, get on with life, get yourself a nice property you know, and start to pay your debt down and put yourself in a good position versus another $30,000 a year to the landlord mm. if also if you, if, if you don't purchase. So there's all these other factors to think about outside of getting hung up on the price and headlines around a reduction in property prices over the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, you can be waiting a hell of a long time on that basis and everyone's in the same boat. So take the best independent strategy that you can take to get yourself in and then work a strategy to create equity by paying it down and getting ahead. It's a much smarter way of looking at the market. And I think it's I think this this pullback is actually of affordability is actually a really good thing because obviously prices do come back a bit and then there's more people back in the market at that lower price which then the people that have bought well get the benefit of that as well if they're buying now. So it's like it 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 works like clockwork. So you know don't don't miss out for the sake of creating too many stories that the media is creating for you. So what Guys, give me the practical strategies for our listeners. Somebody who's not in the market or wants to be soon or thinking about it next mm. six or 12 months, maybe even sooner, or somebody who already has property and is going, now I've got opportunity to strike. I want to take action. What are the practical next steps? When when do you meet with a broker? When do you start to assess these things? Talk me through it. Well, I'll talk through maybe someone who doesn't have a property and Marty, you can maybe talk about the investor piece. But yeah. if I was someone that didn't have a property at the moment, I've probably been looking or at least interested in the last 12 to 18 months. And, and Jase, you'll attest to this, but that's how long it can take people mm. to scour a market, understand what it's like before they get in. Have a, look at, have a look at what properties are doing now compared to what they were six months ago and have a chat to some real estate agents to understand what is going on in the market, what is available because there's not many listings at the moment. Um, understand what your borrowing capacity is and then request that your broker stress test that. So understand what your repayments would be on the current interest rates, then understand, as, assuming you can achieve the serviceability from the lender's point of view, understand what those repayments would look like if they move to 5 or 6%. I would say 6%, just really stress test it. And if that's okay for you, then I would be letting a real estate agent know what you're in the market for and encourage them to come to you with properties because there's properties at the moment that could be off market as well 
um, vendors are just as as concerned as purchasers. So vendors actually some of them might really want to get deals done at the moment because they might be worried that their property won't be worth the same amount in 12 months' time. So they could be speaking to agents saying, hey, look, I'm thinking about selling. I'm not sure. The agent could say, well, I've got someone here. So really two simple things there, Jace, um, whichever way you want to do it. But number one is probably speak to your broker, understand your maximum, and then stress test that to 6%. Make sure you can afford that no matter what the lender says. Then start speaking to real estate agents, letting them know what you've got to spend and see if you can get a deal done a um, little bit easier than going to an auction and, and bidding against 10 people. I like it. Really good practical strategies there, Nico. Yeah. And from the investor piece, I would at this stage get my property value. So let's say you've got a debt of $500,000 on your mortgage at the moment. Your house is worth a million um, valuations are holding up because they're going off past performance, right? So you're at the peak of where your valuations are. So let's say you draw out 300000 of equity that you're going to use to purchase an investment property. You might buy something for seven fifty. dollars uh, You put that on interest only. You borrow against that at 80%. So again, so that would be 600000 And the aim there is, again, in 15 years' time, let that pay off your mortgage. Now, you'd review depending on your circumstances at the time, but let that double in the next 15 years to 1.5, and then you pull that out to pay everything off that you need to pay off. So, But again, like Nick said, now is a really good time to be sourcing those markets. You could get a buyer's advocate to do, you know, just really get in on great value on properties. And like I said, some vendors are fearful that their properties are going to be worth less in 12 months' time. So, you know, there might be a bit of give less competition. Investors are getting great yields on investment. I've never seen a market where the tenancy rate is so low. Mm. Um, all the fundamentals, buying good areas, close to transport, close to schools, close to capital cities. You know, all, all those factors are just as important now as if they as they ever have been. But again, now is a great time to prep yourself and use your equity and create wealth and have that equity working for you. And look, still with the with the rents going higher, which is great. So even though the interest rates are going up, the yields are going up significantly too. So your holding costs are a lot lower on that investment as well. So you've got to think about all those things. You've got to workshop the individual circumstance for yourself. And once you get understanding around it, it's amazing with first-time investors. Once they see what can be done and it's low impact on their cash flows, they double up because they get comfortable with the strategy and they can see that it's funny. You talk about goals with people and they go, oh, we've got two kids, we want to get the second investment for the second child. There's amazing what goals come out of actually talking to people about utilising the equity effectively. But leverage the valuation on your current property because we have been through good times and those values are stacking up. You know, draw on the equity as a deposit, strong deposit, and then you know buy that investment and sit on that for the next 15 years. Have patience. Don't worry about the market. And you know it will give you a return that will set you up. And the best types of clients that I've seen do really well, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is they've ended up paying out their debt. They've had a couple of investment properties and and it's work for them they've they've had much more equity than people that over are over active and try and get 10 20 properties and uh, end up not sleeping at night but they're the one, they're the ones that I've seen really do well over the past 25 years as well yeah clear goals 
and simple strategy, deleverage debt. Perfect. Guys, that's been episode 55 of The Numbers Game. And I tell you what, with all the negative news in the media and everything about property prices, I've actually sitting here feeling quite optimistic about having a look at what's happening in the market, getting myself uh, sussed out for how much I can borrow and, and just being prepared to, you know, not, not listen to the fear and buy into the fear of what's happening. That's my kind of takeaway from the great information you guys have shared today. What about you guys? Anything that you want to highlight for a key takeaway? Uh I would just say it's all about your comfort levels. The markets will do what the markets are going to do. Um, it's your home. So, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with is what you should go and do. Um, don't stress about the property prices coming back 20%. Geez, I haven't been in this game for that long, maybe 15 years. And those, those property bubble uh, headlines have been there since I started in the industry. So, um, do what's right for you. Uh, make sure that you can, um, you know, maintain cash flows and keep your family safe and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a good time to to tick tick a box that you've probably been trying to tick for quite some time. Yeah, and for me, it's play your game. Like I said before, don't give your ego the credit card and think you have to, you know, overstress yourself. Make strong decisions based on what's comfortable for you, but make a decision and make a good decision. And the next six months will be the time for that. Give us a follow at the Numbers Game podcast on Instagram. You can connect with Nick, Marty and I on LinkedIn. Uh, we love sharing information with small business owners and uh, you know everyday people that are trying to get ahead in life. So please do share our podcast with anyone who you think it could add some value to. Leave us our review and make sure you subscribe or follow. Thanks again for listening. And don't send me pictures of hot dogs on LinkedIn. I know our audience. Do not do that for goodness sake. Game over.